Welcome to another week of Mum Will Know with me, Claire Wind, midwife and mum. Join me each week as we delve into topics from conception to kids in kindy with the aim to become confident and well-informed mums. Have you ever heard the saying, breast is best? Or have you been in a conversation with a new mum where she spends 10 minutes explaining why she switched to bottle feeding when all you asked was how's it all going? The topic of breastfeeding is one that brings up a lot of strong feelings, both good and bad. Most people understand that yes, breast is best, but I found that many don't know why that is. Here at Mum Will Know, my goal is to do the research, talk with the experts and knuckle down on educating myself and other mums or mums-to-be so that we can be well-informed and confident in the parenting decisions we make. Today, I'm zooming in on some breastfeeding basics. Not how to, but why to. Why breastfeed? In working as a midwife, I found it interesting how little women know about breastfeeding. Probably due to a combination of lack of education about breastfeeding and pregnancy, but also the fact that society still sees breastfeeding as a bit taboo in public. Culturally, most of us don't grow up in a family with eight siblings where you watch your mum give birth to your baby brother and see her breastfeed every child that's younger than you. Often, women we do know who are breastfeeding do so discreetly with a muslin cover or just tend to not breastfeeding in public. Despite it being illegal to discriminate against a person on the grounds of breastfeeding, we've all heard the stories of women being asked to leave cafes or huffed and puffed at by onlookers in the shopping centre because they're breastfeeding. And as a tired, vulnerable new mum, often it is easier to hide away to breastfeed, to avoid any awkward conversations, even when you know it is your right to feed your baby in public. Society invokes this idea of breast is best, yet struggles to support it in reality. Anyway, I'll jump off my high horse and get back to the point of the podcast. Why breastfeed? Other than it's just what we should do. Today, I'm going to walk us through what makes breastfeeding the best choice for feeding infants. I'll preface this podcast, though, in saying I understand that some prefer the saying fed is best, and I do agree, ultimately, all babies need to be fed. However, I honestly believe the evidence shows that breast is best. That doesn't mean that I think you should be shamed or feel guilty if you don't breastfeed your baby. I understand that some of you may have formula fed or breastfed and formula fed, which is known as mixed feeding. And for some women, this may be the best way to feed their baby. As a midwife, I've cared for women with physical reasons that breastfeeding doesn't work out, like hyperplastic breasts, where milk supply is low due to insufficient glandular tissue. Some women are on regular medications for chronic illnesses, which can be dangerous to a baby as it passes through the breast milk. So the decision and the option even of donor breast milk or formula is actually great. Often women decide not to breastfeed for mental health reasons. And I agree that if breastfeeding is causing a mum to become more anxious or depressed, it may not be the right decision for her and her baby. And sometimes women don't feel that they've chosen not to breastfeed. Like the example at the beginning of the new mum who's asked how she's going and jumps right into justifying why she's changed to bottle feeding, sometimes breastfeeding is hard and doesn't work out. Women start out trying to breastfeed and are met with a whole host of issues like cracked and bleeding nipples or mastitis, among many other issues, and they just can't handle the idea of putting their baby back to the breast anymore. So I hear you. 
And I trust you because we do what we can. We do our best. The saying, it takes a village to raise a child, is so true. And culturally, nowadays, we don't often have that village around supporting us through motherhood and bringing up a family. Those people that day in and day out support us, hands-on, to be a mum. We can't do it on our own. So, although I can't be there physically to help check the baby's positioning and attachment, and I can't be there to listen to the baby cry and, and try to decipher whether the baby's hungry or hurting or tired, I can be here sharing some information about breastfeeding, which will hopefully be beneficial for you. Whether you're pregnant or considering having a baby or just around mums, I hope that this chunk of information can help you feel informed and more confident in making decisions about how to feed your baby. So bear with me as I get a little overexcited about how awesome breast milk is. The World Health Organization recommends exclusively breastfeeding for the first six months of a child's life and then alongside age-appropriate and nutritious complementary feeds from six months to two years and beyond. In reality, though, breastfeeding rates are significantly below this. Most women intend to breastfeed and even start off breastfeeding but the numbers significantly drop over the first few months. Specifically in Australia, 92% of pregnant women state they intend to breastfeed. However, by four months of age, only 39% of babies are exclusively breastfed, and by six months that drops to 15%. So what's going on? Well, breastfeeding isn't that easy. Yes, it's natural, but it's something that requires help and persistence. So I hope that this podcast can help you see the worth in breastfeeding. I want to share the benefits for both mum and baby of breastfeeding so that you can decide where to go from there. It's a pretty content-heavy topic, but there's so much to share that I might break the topic into two parts and get through it all without completely overwhelming you. So today will be part one, and let's just jump into 10 benefits of breastfeeding for mum. Firstly, Breastfeeding your baby is shown to increase mother's sensitivity to her child. Basically, it means that it helps with bonding. The combination, especially early on, of skin-to-skin contact, where a baby is placed naked on your bare chest and feeds, is so vital for the initial release of oxytocin. Okay, hold up. Let's just do a little explanation of what oxytocin is. I will cover this more in detail in a later podcast on hormones in labor, but let's quickly jump into basically oxytocin is a hormone released from the brain that causes a uterus to contract in labor. Uh, It also causes contraction of muscles in the breast when the baby feeds, which stimulates a letdown, which is the squeezing the milk out of the breast. So it's responsible for some pretty powerful work, both the crazy painful contractions in labor and then this tingling letdown effect where your milk literally has the power to spray across the room. The other aspect of oxytocin is the emotional connection it creates. It's well known as the love hormone. For one thing, it's released when we orgasm. But it also increases in situations we feel safe and loved. So cuddling or having a massage can increase your oxytocin levels. A peak in oxytocin when the baby is born is shown to bring with it a feeling of elation and what's known as a birth high. So in terms of bonding, an increase in oxytocin when cuddling and gazing into your baby's eyes as they breastfeed brings with it a calmness and receptiveness that helps connect us to our babies. 
It's what makes it okay that you're awake every hour through the night for those first few weeks. I remember in my first week with Rupert, I found I literally jumped out of bed at every noise he made. But once I understood he was fine and the more tired I became, the slower and harder it was for me to get up and feed him. But as soon as he was in my arms, the feelings I'd had of wishing he was asleep, wishing I was asleep and almost resenting him being awake would just melt away into my gushing hormonal love that came from staring at all his gorgeous little features. Secondly, another important hormonal effect of breastfeeding is that it's believed to help reduce stress levels in mothers. Again, this is thought to be due to oxytocin, but also another hormone, prolactin. Prolactin in breastfeeding is responsible for milk production and maintaining a good milk supply. Emotionally, though, it encourages a mother to be relaxed and devoted to her child. Couldn't we all do with a little extra help in staying calm and reducing stress as mothers? If you could find a tablet with that description, it'd make millions. So isn't it great that just breastfeeding our babies can help? Now, from looking at the hormonal benefits, I thought I'd follow on to highlight a physical benefit immediately after birth and for the first few weeks. As I mentioned before, when breastfeeding, oxytocin is released and oxytocin causes the uterus to contract. This is important not only for the birth of the baby, but following the baby with the delivery of the placenta and to stop bleeding. If you can imagine, once the placenta is delivered, it has sheared off the inside of the uterus, leaving with it a big open wound. It's important that the uterus is able to contract onto itself to put pressure on this big open wound to stop the bleeding. It's like if you've ever cut yourself, the first thing you do is put pressure on the cut to stop it bleeding. By breastfeeding, oxytocin is released, which helps the uterus close in on itself and slow or even stop the bleeding. This is probably most important straight after the delivery of the placenta when women are at risk of having a postpartum hemorrhage or too much bleeding. So having baby attached to the breast and feed as soon after the birth as possible will help with delivery of the placenta and closing the uterus onto itself to prevent too much bleeding. You may also find in the following week when you breastfeed that you notice little gushes of blood. This is a positive thing as it shows that the uterus is contracting. Now that this next point's a big one for me. Breastfeeding is more convenient. What does that mean? Okay, so it's always prepared and ready to go. It's always at the right temperature. It's clean. It's safe. It's easy to carry. There are no bottles or sterilizing equipment needed. You don't physically have to get up through the night because the setup's literally nothing. There are even some studies that show breastfeeding mothers actually get more sleep at night than bottle feeding mothers because the feeds don't require you to get up and out of bed, down to the kitchen, etc. So your body often stays in a near sleep state as you roll over, grab your baby, breastfeed, put them back, all without too much sound or lights or anything that requires you to properly wake up. I feel like this one is one of the big factors that makes so many mums keep at breastfeeding through the hard stages at the beginning because they know that in the long run, it's so much easier. Now, because breastfeeding is so convenient, it means that breastfed mothers are more resilient in emergencies as lactating mothers provide the only truly safe nourishment for babies. I've heard many examples of this in action where children are being breastfed until seven or eight years of age in war-torn, famine-stricken countries, or where refugee mothers breastfeed their babies in the boats as they flee their home countries. 
right here in Australia. I don't know if this floated around in your circles or not in January with the fires, but my Facebook had this post on evacuating with a baby and it just perfectly highlighted the difference between breastfeeding and bottle feeding. Basically, it was a photo of the emergency kits for breastfed infants, which was a photo of a pack of nappies, baby wipes, and water for the mother to drink. And then it compared to a comparison photo of emergency kits for formula-fed infants, which had this huge list of extras, including a tin of formula, bottles and teats, bottles of still water because you may not be able to boil water, sterilizing equipment, etc. It was quite overwhelming visually and concerning to think of all the number of families who were evacuating from their homes at the time. I may share actually in the show notes the the photos so that you can get an idea of what the comparison looks like because it's, yeah, pretty impressive. And of course, more recently, it's relevant to when thinking about mums and babies who've been self-isolating or quarantined due to the coronavirus. Breastfeeding means that these mothers wouldn't have needed to worry about stockpiling formula. Not only is breastfeeding convenient, but it's also free. Okay, how's everyone tracking? I know I've just banged on and on about a whole lot of hormones and periods and bleeding, etc. but there's still more to come. That's how great breastfeeding is. There are literally so many benefits, but I don't want you to tune out. So let's take a mini pause on my lecture. <laughs> I thought I'd share an awesome story of a mum I looked after last year who worked her butt off to breastfeed her baby boy. So the background of the story is basically the woman had had breast cancer a number of years earlier and had one breast removed. She'd talked in the pregnancy with the lactation consultant, who's basically a breastfeeding professional support, and decided that she was eager to attempt to breastfeed with the one breast she had. Her baby was then born early and he had to be cared for in our special care nursery. And I'll go into the specifics of how awesome breast milk is for babies in part two of this podcast. But basically, this mum was encouraged that colostrum and the breast milk that followed was the best option for her baby uh, to increase his blood sugar levels and to stay healthy. So with the support of the lactation consultant and midwives in the nursery, she got herself into a routine of expressing breast milk and breastfeeding her baby from her one breast exclusively. She was such a trooper. She didn't do much else with her time in those first few weeks, but she was determined that her baby would only have breast milk and she succeeded. Because she was stimulating that one breast so regularly, she produced enough milk for her baby. As a side note, I looked after this woman and her baby whilst I was heavily pregnant and my pregnancy brain kept forgetting that she had just one breast and I'd check in on her and I kept asking which side she'd fed on. It was mortifying, but thankfully she found it funny, but I was pretty embarrassed. Anyway, cool story, hey? (laughs) Okay, now back to some more benefits to mum of breastfeeding. So another benefit or bonus, you could call it, is that it increases postnatal weight loss. So because oxytocin is released when breastfeeding, as we mentioned earlier, the uterus continues to contract. A lot of women know this as afterbirth pains, which can be seriously painful and often unexpected. As the uterus is contracting when you breastfeed, it more efficiently returns to its pre-pregnant state or size, where it's hidden behind the bones of your pelvis. As much as weight loss isn't the goal, and really I think we need to be kind to ourselves and accept that we probably won't end up fitting all the clothes we fit before having a baby, and that's okay because we made and carried and pushed out a baby, it's definitely a bonus and I won't pass up the option to lose a bit of weight without having to go for a run. (laughs) Now this next point needs to be listened to very closely. Breastfeeding can be effective 
as a way of natural child spacing. In other words, if you're breastfeeding regularly, it can take a while for you to get your period back, thus making it hard to fall pregnant. Now, hear me clearly. I would not, I definitely would not recommend breastfeeding as a contraceptive. If you don't want to fall pregnant anytime soon after your baby is born, talk to your GP about other contraceptive methods at your six-week checkup. So how does it work? Breastfeeding exclusively or regular sucking by a baby at the breast with no introduction of complementary feeds like formula or solids releases a combination of maternal hormones that suppress ovulation and menstruation. However, once you start integrating a bottle and not stimulating your breasts or introducing some solids or start spacing out breastfeeds or even if your baby starts sleeping longer between feeds, it's very possible for your body to then start ovulating and return to menstruation. It's rare, but I'm sure we've all heard of that mum who has two babies within one year. So if you don't intend for that to happen, definitely look to other contraceptive methods. This idea of natural child spacing is mostly important and beneficial in developing countries where women are often having children at very young age and don't have other contraceptive methods. So it can be life-saving to continue breastfeeding exclusively for these women to put off further pregnancies and risks associated with them. Another benefit is that breastfeeding women reduce their risk of having ovarian and breast cancers, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, and heart disease. Wow. As well as that, the American Heart Association also put out some research in 2018 which suggested breastfeeding may also reduce the risk of stroke in postmenopausal women. With stroke being the third leading cause of death in Australia, that's pretty significant. And interestingly, the longer you breastfeed, the greater the reduction of risk of stroke. So there's an argument for continuing to breastfeed. And finally, in the interest of mothers, but our country and world as well, breastfeeding is more environmentally friendly. Even when allowing for breastfeeding mothers to eat more... (laughs) Breastfeeding is still far better for the environment. As the ultimate homegrown natural resource, it produces minimal to zero waste. A 2019 study suggests that feeding a baby formula for their first six months, instead of exclusively breastfeeding, requires 21 kilograms of formula, which adds over 200 kilograms of carbon dioxide and thus greenhouse gas emissions, which contribute to global warming and associated climatic changes. I get that this sounds a bit technical and I am the last person to feel confident in talking through information on climate change, but it's a very hot topic in society at the moment, which I do plan on fleshing out in a further podcast. So watch this space. So that's a bit of a wrap up of some of the many benefits of breastfeeding for the mother. It's not exclusive and as research continues, further benefits will become discovered. But I found that learning about breastfeeding through uni was just so amazing And understanding that it's not just about food for your baby, but the actual process of breastfeeding can be so beneficial for women is just fascinating. Now, because this has been somewhat of a content overload, I thought I'd quickly remind you of each of the points I've talked through so that they stay in your head and you can keep thinking through it all. You'll also find each point highlighted in the show notes and through the podcast website, mumwillknow.com. And I'll link to where I found some of the research to back up what I've been sharing. So keep exploring and keep educating yourself. 
Okay, so the 10 benefits of breastfeeding for mothers include, firstly, bonding between mother and child. Second, reduced stress levels. Three, it helps reduce blood loss. Four, it's convenient. Five, breastfeeding mothers are more resilient in emergency situations. Six, it's free. Seventh, it increases postnatal weight loss. Eight, breastfeeding can increase child spacing, so it can be used as a contraceptive in developing countries. Nine, it reduces the risk of breast and ovarian cancer, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, heart disease, and stroke. And tenth, it's more environmentally friendly. Like I said before, this doesn't cover everything, but it should be enough to convince you that breastfeeding is great and definitely worth putting work into for both your baby and your own sake. I'd love to hear what you've thought of part one of Breastfeeding Is Breast Best podcast. So shoot me through a message or follow along to the podcast on Instagram at mumwillknow. Make sure you catch part two next week where I continue on with Is Breast Best by delving into the benefits for baby and what is involved to successfully establish breastfeeding. And until then, if you have been enjoying Mum Will Know so far, I'd so appreciate if you could jump onto Apple Podcasts and give the podcast a five-star rating and a positive review. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. Thanks.